gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking about how website design and graphic design, they're like, they work together, but they're not exactly the same things. Yeah, and there's a lot of aspects of both that are like complementary. So we're going to go through these things. And so that business owners know, um, you know, the differences, but, you know, so how they work together, but how they're not quite the same. I've got with me Anthony Genzel of Genzel Marketing. And Anthony, it's great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your agency. Sure. Thanks, Cash. I appreciate you inviting me on. It's uh, been great to meet you. Um, Genzel Marketing started about three years ago. Um, before that, I had a, a worked with a variety of other agencies, led their, led their marketing, um, and and it just made sense to kind of launch out on on our own and and uh, ex explore that world. And since it's it's continued to grow, um, we do we do a lot of web design, content marketing. I'm really focused in the digital space and helping brands and enhance their digital presence and and turn that into business. Um, you know, so so uh, you know we we operate and beyond we're, we're located uh, in headquartered in Pennsylvania. We have uh, space in, in Arizona. Um, you know, we have, we work with clients up and down the East and West coast and, and across the middle there as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we just have fun with what we do. Great. Well, we're going to talk websites, but we're also going to talk graphic design because websites, the, some of the core principles are quite a bit different when you're designing a website and the things that you have to do compared to graphic design, which is going to be, you know, print pieces. Typically, it might be postcards. It could be brochures. You know, it could be banners, any number of things. But they're the types of things that you do, you know, from the design side, you know, they do they differ. You know, there's certain rules on the website side and certain ones on the on what is traditional graphic design. You know, websites, we talk user experience and, and whatnot, but you have an experience with any kind of a print piece. You know, so how do like really like, I guess, take us through some of the differences, you know, between the two so that people understand. Because like I say, you know, I know when we whenever we've hired, you know, graphic designers in the past and stuff and you think of you get them out of school. One of the things that comes up is they're trained in print design. Yeah, and that's not the same as being trained in user experience, which is more of a, you know, it's a web thing. Yeah, so kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially with today's um, digital space, one of the major things that you see with, with uh, you know, traditional design versus um, design for web or design for the digital space is, um, you know, interactivity, for example. Uh, a lot of the elements on a website, you're hovering over it, it's moving, you're, you know, you're seeing the space expand. Um, versus you, if you create a flyer, you create, um, you know, you create a, a backdrop for an event, you have a set, set space, it's going to be set either in front of the user. Um, it's not changing, it's not moving, you open that brochure, what you hit, what you see is what you get. So you really have to um, maximize that space and create something without the, the benefit of having that, um, that extra um, movement or, or engagement. Um, Either way, I mean, there's a lot of similarities as well. You don't want to clutter clutter things. Um, you know, you, you, you can really, um, with web, you can add a lot more elements and they can move and expand and, and you can have things um, where maybe that, that 
box of text doesn't appear at first, but when you hover over it, it appears. It's harder to do that with with grab with a with a traditional design. You have to have everything there and, and set um, within those boundaries. Boundaries. So yeah, I, uh, that changes. Yeah, that's that's really a good example because like one of the the real big differences between the two is with print, you have a set amount of space. It does not change. You know, whereas a website, it's any page can essentially be endless. You know, you can do all sorts of things, but you can have areas that open and close, you know, that provide more information. It can be, you know, drop down boxes or something that's click the arrow and then, the, you know, the area expands and such. So the designer has a lot more that they can do with any kind of a website. And so if you're thinking, I want a print piece and you're trying to pack all the information that might be on a website, say even if it's a single page, because if you were to go to the designer and you say, I need everything that this page says in an eight and a half by 11 you know, piece of paper, essentially, that you're going to also fold up. Yeah, uh, that's a, that can be really challenging because often, you know, people think uh, with print pieces that this can be done quickly and stuff. We've done a lot of print pieces over the years, especially like booklets and things. And you end up with all of this information and you're trying to figure out how to combine it you know, or eliminate stuff, how do you get the point across? And you only have so much yeah. space to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you have to end up cutting down text, cutting down some of the copy, um, shrinking some elements. And yet, you know, if you, you always have to be careful about that because on, you know, on a website, um, you can space it out a little bit more. But if you have to shrink it down in, a, in something that's already only eight and a half by 11, um, you know, you can't zoom in on that to, to read mm -hmm. it. You can't, you can't access that element. Um, another uh, on the line of what you were saying about you know the spacing where it's being displayed. If you have a backdrop, for example, you need to think about where you know it's, it's going to be at an event. What's going to be in front of it? Is there going to be a table, a podium, something like that? So you can't place the the URL down at the bottom. You yeah. can't you know you can't place text in certain areas. You know, so you really have to think about all these different things because it is what it is. Once it's out there, it is what it is. Versus your website. Um, you know, you can make it very engaging and, and you can have a block here, then they scroll a little bit block here. You don't have any scrolling opportunity. Uh, you know, you're not going to scroll up on the event backdrop to see what's below the table. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not. You know, another thing to keep in mind too, with any kind of a website, everything is you're scrolling down. All right. So everything is in one direction, whereas print pieces don't have to necessarily be that way, but they have, you know, so for example, if you're doing any kind of a like trifold brochure, you know, you can combine the messaging, but you have to realize that these things are folded over. So if you have, you've got your top and you've got your cover page, that's, you know, and you open it up, well, how does the information flow? Because when you open it, when you had it closed, you were just looking at the top page. The top page is only a portion. It's not, you know, it's not gonna be the whole thing. So you've got this and you open it, like, you know, a door. So now suddenly you have two pieces, you know, you've got a left and a right side and they can actually work together if you, you know, choose to, but then you're going to open it again. You know, we did a, a piece not that long ago for a company that they needed, um, they needed a, a bunch of camps, you know, it was an educational organization and they did summer camps and things and they wanted the piece itself, when you folded it over, it was like so complicated. And we, we actually had like, we had done the, a, a sample piece with all the folds so we can see how that as you opened up each like layer, you know, what was the next piece that you were going to have to see, you know, so that you can make it flow. And you can't do that kind of stuff with websites. You know, it's it's almost like hidden information. 
that it, it will be revealed as you continue to unfold it. Yep. And that, and that's great to have something like that in a brochure because that adds an element of engagement. Mm -hmm. A lot of brochures, you hand them out and they never get read, they get thrown away. But if you have something creative like that, that keeps people driving through the piece, that's, you know, that's a great way to keep people engaged. Cause you don't have that, like we said, you don't have that click and, and move around the site and engaging interactivity and moving elements, but you can create some, some kind of experience with the, and create excitement on that first page. So they want to flip to the next page and, and they want to keep yeah. that. Um, so it's, you know, it's just important to really think about what you want to say, um, you know, how you want to say it concisely, get to the point and grab people's attention. Otherwise it's going to end up in the trash and you spent, you know, $3, $4 for each piece um, that, you know, is just getting dumped in the recycling bin or the, or the trash. So. Yeah. Another thing you can do that you can't obviously do with a website is the actual paper you use and such, you know, there's some really nice, um, and you wouldn't think about it, you know, you think of a piece of paper, everybody probably think printer paper or something right out the gate. Yeah. But there are some really nice, um, like velvety type papers and such that are really noticeable that if you are handed one, you know, the paper grabs your immediate attention. And so, you know, it's more expensive, of course, to do those things. But when you're doing any kind of print design, you know, that the actual printed piece has the ability to engage you, uh, including the sense of touch such that you just can't you know websites are visual and that's it you know that's all you've got whereas print you can do some things that you can't do with a website you're right yeah and 100 percent true um you know the, the stock really says a lot about and you know if you get if you get something that's very flimsy and 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 cheap feeling um it kind of you relate that to the brand just like with a well-designed website you you translate that to a quality brand um, if you get, you know, you can do the, the embossing even, you know, have a little raised yeah. texture, things like that, 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 that adds an extra element too. And, and that, and it makes it a little, it makes it challenging with the design component of it, it makes it a little more expensive, but the results are better. So, um, yeah. And like I say, like, yeah, if it looks cheap, you know, people just throw it in the trash, but if you put a little bit of effort into it, yeah, you know, and do those kinds of things, you know, you've got, people are more, more likely to engage with it long enough to start to digest some of the information that it actually contains because it's, it helps grab their curiosity. I always tell yeah. people like, um, when we design a website, why do you make things move? Yeah. Uh, cause it's yeah. gonna, it grabs my eye. It grabs my attention versus a static site. If I'm scrolling down and nothing is going, I'm, I'm kind of bored with it. It, it yeah. can be a great design. The whole point of putting moving in, movement in is to grab the eye, grab your attention. So, in the case of print, you're using the paper to do it, right? Yeah, you can have you can have the exact same thing, the exact same information, but if you have something that grabs them, makes them flow through, whether it's web or, or uh, print, that's the key. Yeah, one of the things like on the website side that we use um, as an example uh, to because with websites, you know, if you to get things to move, it's going to take more coding, so you're going to spend more time. It's going to be more expensive. So what we've we've done. With us, you know, in our agency, is we took the exact same design, but we've coded it out three ways. You know, so we've got one. Here's that exact same because I'm going to give you a great design either way, but I want you to understand the differences from the user's point of view. So here's the static version. Here's one that has the homepage moving, and then here's one where we've taken the time to also get the internal pages going and such. You know, so that yeah. you can see the difference. You're going to understand why this is going to cost more for this engagement, but you're also going to, you know. You're going to see um, what the difference is because it is more eye-catching. It does other things that is going to grab your attention. 
Yeah, yeah. When you have elements, you know, sliding in, or you have an animation, um, you know, you can really use that animation to pull people's attention to the key, the key things that you want them to see on your page. Versus, you know, to your point, you mm -hmm. have a static page that just runs down. What are you supposed to look at? You know, it, it, I, I, you got to, you have to give these uh, visual cues to people to get them to look at and and interact with what you really want mm -hmm. them to if you want them to convert. Yeah, no, that's a really good example too, because it's like, you know, if you make something move that you're you're basically saying, hey, look at me. And that might be a key thing that you need them to look at because it could be some sort of a headline or or you know, any piece, you know, a piece of information that you need them reading. Uh, mm -hmm. that's a good way to do it. Like I've got everything else is static except for that one one thing. Yeah. How are some of the design principles you know, really different? You know, kind of dive in a little bit, you know, more, um, between websites and, you know, you know, traditional graphic design, you know, which is essentially print. What are some of the things that we do differently between the two? Yeah, I, I find that, um, you know, one, one thing I know on a website, um, you know, white space is good on, on either one, but I feel, I find that we use a little less white space on a, on a, um, on a traditional design mm -hmm. just because of the, the necessity to fit things into space. You don't have that ability to space things out. Whereas um, web design, it's, it's uh, a little more critical to define the different sections so people can see exactly what they're reading. Um, uh, you want to look at things like uh, fonts, fonts, for example. Um, you know, on a, on a website, you want to look at, um, you know, the, the accessibility factor and think about the, the contrast and yeah. uh, make sure that there's a higher contrast and for people with um, impaired vision on the site. They need, they need to have that element in place. Um, you know, if you, if you, you uh, look at uh, screen readers, things like that, um, as well with, with, with font choices. Um, you know, certain fonts just don't play well on online. And if you, you're thinking about, especially when you're thinking about crossing over from um, a mobile device to uh, um, a, uh, a desktop, uh, for example, you don't have that with with a brochure. Yeah. I'm not going to view it on this table versus this table, and it's different. Uh, but with a website, um, you really have to factor in that a lot of your audience is going to be viewing that on their phone. And they're going to have a different, you want them to have a, a pretty equal experience. You don't want them to have this element that was really great on a desktop. They start looking at it on their phone and half of it's off the screen. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was size too big or it was size too small and they can't read it. So there's a, there's a lot of those types of factors that you have to take into account when designing. Yeah. Another thing too is because we were talking about movement and stuff. Um, so the sliding that can go on that we can incorporate, but you have to watch what it's sliding over. You know, if you're using parallax or something, you know, mm -hmm. well, what looks good if it was static, eventually it could end up on top of something else, a different, you know, the layer can be over something else. And suddenly text that you might have, you know, the text could become unreadable. I've seen that a few times, you know, where they didn't consider as you're scrolling down the shift that happens and where it ends up. Yeah, because we're just, you know, you don't see that when you're actually doing the design. You're only seeing yeah. it after it's coded. Yep, no, 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's why it's so important before you ever launch a site, um, you know, kind of build it and build it in the background in a staging, staging environment, first of all. But uh, before you launch it, make sure it's not just you, you know, the, not just you, the designer, um, testing it out and looking for flaws because you've been so, focused on creating it that you're going to miss things that you know outside uh, eyes might might catch so you want to yeah. test everything on different devices you want to 
um, you know, you want to uh, have other eyes on it and make sure it's working. Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is send something over to a client and they love it on desktop. One of their teammates comes in and says, Hey, you know, did you see this on a mobile yeah. device? Wonky as can be. And, uh, you know, right. they're calling you up and saying, what are you doing to our site? So yeah, you lose credit quickly as an agency. If you're, you're doing yeah. That kind of stuff. Another thing that's important too, but also varies is the flow of information. You know, in the case of websites, we have like, you know, pretty much a standard rule because you know, you've got what's known as above the fold for any design you do. And your most important information is typically, you know, you're going to want to put it in there because of the fact that, you know, 100% of the time, if you load the site, they're going to see that part. You know, but it, so your flow matters on your website. But the less important stuff is what's going to be down below. It's more fluff. Mm -hmm. It's more maybe reinforcement. But it's not necessarily your calls to action, you know, like you have up top versus a print piece. You know, that's going to be a bit different because if you did a brochure or a booklet or whatever it might be, well, the print, it's everything's a little bit different because if you open the whole thing up, you know, now if you went off the same principle, as soon as you opened up the first, you know, fold or whatnot, you know, you would you should have the most important information there. But that's not necessarily the case with print, right? Yeah, you're you're 100 right. Now, you know, a lot of times, if it's you know for a buy buy a bifold, for example, um, the the call to action could even be on the back. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you could they they close it, and that's where they're gonna assume. I think intuitively, a lot of times when you have a bifold, for example, you think okay, the contact info is gonna be on the back versus on the inside. You know, you don't have buttons and things like that that mm -hmm. people are clicking. So you're you want to get that information. You want to get the important information, whether it's about the uh, overview of the brand. Um, whether you're talking about products, things like that, you're going to potentially lay in some some uh, calls to action uh, within within the inside, but you have a limited uh, piece of realty, so you really have to uh, focus on getting the important content in there. Um, versus with a website, you're you're able to to put you know put a block here with a call to action, just a little bit of copy. Next thing is a different topic, another call to action. Um, definitely a, a different scenario as far as the flow and and where you place things and. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, know, you don't want to have your. You can get away with your most important call to action on the back of a brochure sometimes, but you can't certainly can't put your most important call to action at the bottom of a website page. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Um, so let's talk. You know, on the website side, okay? Because we've already kind of brought up a little bit of desktops and phones and such. So responsive design. You know, we understand what it's doing, but you know, like from a, a business owner standpoint. You know, what, because like I say, if they hired an agency or a freelancer or whatever, you know, what is actually, you know, we, we always talk about the term responsive. What does that actually mean for them? Yeah. So um, your website, you know, essentially needs to be able to adjust and depending on the screen size, and it needs to be able to change in a way that no matter who's viewing it from what device, they're still being, they're still able to fully get that experience that you want them to have. So, um, you know, if you have an element maybe that's on your website that works on, on the, um, on the desktop version, you may need to remove that. If it doesn't fit when you, when you go on the mobile, that may need to be an element that comes out. So you need, you need to think about things like that. You know, does it still look good if you remove that element? Does it still get the point across? Um, does that element, you know, just, just, uh, make it completely wonky if you don't remove it? Um, you know, because you're, you're, you're shrinking down, you know, you're taking a, a wide, wide screen 
um you know you kind of look at look at uh um, old older movies that were filmed in the 80s for example you know they're filmed they're filmed like this if you try to make them widescreen suddenly they have a big black line on top of them you're missing things you're getting things cut off that's exactly what happens when you when you um mess with your website and I, i like to play around with the website on a desktop and take it and kind of scroll and close it and, you know, move it around and make, you know, see what happens to the elements. Cause you can get a, it's not exactly what it will look like on a, on a mobile, but um, it, it gives you a good idea of where those elements are going to go. Um, you know, we had a, a few, we always, there's always a few elements that you love when you're designing a site, you absolutely love and fall in love with on your desktop uh, version of the site. But then once you, you start reviewing the, the mobile side of things, it just kind of um, fails miserably. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, there's often things that you have to remove that on the desktop make total sense. But the thing is, is when you you get down and on tablets, they'll probably all remain. But when you get to the phone size, the issue is also going to be that the more information you try to pack into a page, by the time you get to the phone, that information is going to be stacked so high. I mean, it's going to be this like endless <laughs> scroll of stuff. And that really is it detracts from the user experience when you do that. You know, we have the ability to remove elements and and blocks of text and such if we need to, you know, so you have to keep that in mind when you're trying, you know, for a little while, I know like one page websites were a little bit of a thing, you know, like people wanting to do this, but all they're doing is taking five pages and packing it into one. And that didn't totally make sense because the page itself would become so long, even on desktop, let alone when you got to the, you know, the phone version and the point of navigation is just to break up the content some so and, and allow people you know to go to what they actually want and not view everything on one page you know because there's yeah. going to be a bunch of portions they don't care about yeah. uh, and it makes it harder to also highlight the things that you do want to make sure that they read yep yeah and i and i um you know we, we still have you know, some clients who want to do that one page thing and and we always caution them about that because a lot of information can get lost in a one-page design. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're able to really take a, a specific service, a key service, and highlight it, you know, in a, in its own separate space, you can really do a lot more with that, um, and you can say a lot more about it. Versus if you have one page, you you're very limited about what you can say about something, and that limits your ability to, you know, convince someone that it's for them. So, and, and you know, and, and you look at uh, from an SEO perspective as well, you know. And, um, a one page your site's gonna gonna really limit your ability to to narrow things down and appear in search and things like that as well. So yeah, um, that's kind of challenging, right? And like with internal pages, you know, like service pages, things like that. We also, especially if you've got a business that's got um, a number of different services they offer, we like to tailor the calls to action too to that specific service on that specific page. Versus saying, hey, contact us. We want to say, you know, if it was a landscaper or something, you know, it's like, do you need, you know, uh, irrigation installed or something, you know, you need a sprinkler system installed. And that's one of the things they do. We would want to be, you know, very specific about that for that call to action. And it's very hard to do that when you get, you know, this, like, say, long scrolling page, because eventually you're scrolling down and everything's kind of lost. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, it's hard to as you're scrolling, just grab, oh, wait, there it is. There's what I was looking for and just pull that out really quickly versus if you have some sort of navigation, you can just, you know, you, you, it's more intuitive to look at that and, and just kind of click and go from there. Yeah. Um, earlier, you mentioned something, you know, like contrast in colors and such, which plays big into accessibility, you know, for websites because that's become a big issue and it's not something, you know, like with print, 
there's nothing we can do. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, we don't have a lot of options on that side to be able to make adjustments for, you know, uh, people based on their disabilities and, and whatever they might, you know, whatever might be the issue for them. Um, but with websites, that's become a big thing. Yeah. And we can actually do quite a few things, you know, to be able to tailor them for different audiences. There's definitely like uh, certain widgets, you know, programs we can install that allow for the change of contrast, allow for change of text size. And, you know, there's a number of things we can do. So why does the ADA stuff matter for websites and why should business owners be making sure that it is done? You know, if you're having a professional, you know, take care of your site or if, you know, even if you were using a service like, you know, a Wix or a Squarespace that you need to make sure that that is, uh, you know, part of it. Yeah, um, you know, at, beyond the, um, you know, it's kind of accessibility is still sort of a gray area when it comes to the legal space and the legal concepts around it. Um, you know, we, we try to always go with the, um, you know, the, the level two uh, accessibility and, and at least and um, shoot for kind of 90% plus in that range. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the accepted, um, you know, yeah. space place to be right now. But, um, you know, it, beyond that, the legal component of it, you want everybody who accesses your website to have a have to be able to access the information. Um, you know, if someone's landing on your site um, and they, you know, they they're unable to to um, you know, there's an image, for example. You know, you want to have that that alt text that a screen reader can kind of pull up and tell you what mm -hmm. the image is, and um, you know, whether it's decorative or it actually has meaning and 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 because the the that part of it, you know, um, really, you know, the image, the visual part mixed with the um, the the copy um, creates a full experience. And if they're missing out on that, then then people visiting your site who aren't able to access that kind of thing, um, they miss out on the full experience, and they they miss out on that connection with your brand. Um, you're and you're and you're doing them a disservice. You know, you're 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 not yeah. not um, not allowing them to to have a full web web experience. So it's it's just it's the right thing to do, but it's it also um, you know helps really make connections that are that are really key and important. Yeah, I think because it shows that you're paying attention to that that area. And yeah, it's been a legal gray area. Um, there's definitely been lawsuits and such. Some have been that you do have to do it. Some have been you know that you you know don't have to and. And there are, you know, lawyers taking advantage of that gray area um, and looking for settlements and such. But the uh, doing it and making sure that it's in place is really about, you know, it's not just the legalities of it. It is that you're doing the right thing based on the audience and the people that are going to visit, you know, because there's a lot of people that will have some, you know, issue being able to view the site and you're giving them the opportunity to do so anyway. You know, and that just that makes you look better as a brand, as a company, you know, because you're you're taking them into account and, you know, you're doing it because it's, the you know, because you should. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's and that and a lot of, um, you know, the, the companies that, that succeed the most are the companies that do the right thing and, and uh, you know, and, and are, you know, have a, an inclusive environment and in what and whatever aspect of their business it is, whether it's accessibility or hiring or anything like that. Um, companies that are giving back and and uh, and helping out, lending a hand, just doing the right thing, they stand out. So I mean, it's it it's and it, it, it um yeah, you know, it's it's just it's generally the right thing to do. Um, yeah, you know, I I would say do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, not because you want to drive more business, but um, that element does yeah. doing it because it's the right thing to do ultimately leads to driving more business. So it works out in the end.
<laughs> yeah, it does. And so it'll pay for itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the last thing, let's cover the do-it-yourself platforms a little bit. You know, there's a number of good website platforms. There's design services and such, you know, too, that aren't exactly do-it-yourself, but that you can get things done quickly. Um, like what are, there's a bunch of pros and cons to it, but should you be using, like, if I go on a platform like, you know, Squarespace or something, I can design the whole site there. They're going to have different graphics I can check. What are the limitations and should you potentially bring in a professional graphic designer, you know, to be, even if you're using a template builder, you know, to help put that, you know, to make it, you know, more polished. Yeah. Yeah. So, so first of all, I think the the benefit, the plus side of these, these, um, you know, template builders and the DIY sites, it levels the playing field a little bit, you know, a, a business that maybe has $0 to spend on a website can get, get a website built and get up and running. Um, and that's great. However, as you grow, um, you're facing stiffer competition. That competition has spent the money and spent the, put the resources mm -hmm. into building a site that really makes them stand out. And, uh, you know, you, you get to that point where you really have to, because people notice a templated site, um, they, they can tell a very static site. You, you don't have a lot of the moving elements. You, you don't have that brand that stands out. Um, even if you're going to, like you said, even if you're going to use a templated site, you should bring in somebody to at least enhance the visual elements to the point where they're, they're, um, very consistent with your brand. It speaks to who your brand is, um, add some graphics in there. So, so I think, you know, just relying solely on the DIY and just popping something together, um, that can get you by for the first year of business. But as you continue to grow, you really need to, uh, your site needs to grow with you. Um, and investing in your website, um, it almost all, if you do it right, it almost always pays for itself over and over again, because someone lands on a website that um, is really well put together, engages them, brings them through the site, has an amazing user experience um, versus they go on your site. It's very static. It's a one pager. It's clearly a, just a templated site. Um, you know, it's, it's poorly put together. They're, they're likely going to, you know, that, that brand no matter how the, the what the quality is of the products or services you offer, instantly in their minds that brand's already mm -hmm. ahead of yours. So, um, so it's you know it it is great to start, but definitely keep in mind that as you grow as a small business, you you need you need to have um, be ready to jump into a custom design and um, and 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 uh, work with an agency like yours or mine to to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I make a I often make the case with uh, business owners and. Um, that a website can do two things for you. You can be a well-established business, 20 years, have a large staff, you know, really you know, be part of the community and your website can make it look like you started yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, because they've still never heard of you. You know, it's an extension of your brand and your business. It's that salesperson that doesn't quit. And so if you do a really good one, even if you've been around for a year, you know, you're just getting going. But you can make yourself, you know, look a lot more, you know, because you could be really good at what you do. So that website can reflect that and show that, you know, it it says you're established, even yeah. if you're newer. You know, like I say, because we take that as a first impression often with businesses. And I always tell also people that say, well, I rely on referrals. My website doesn't matter and things like that. Yeah, you see, you see that all the time. You know, I get that response. I'm like, okay, so... It's not going to matter to you if I tell my friend about your you know, company and say, hey, this is somebody you should check out. You know, 
do you think they're not going to look at you online first before they contact you? It's still yep. the first impression. You know, otherwise they're relying solely on my word. And in today's day and age, you know, with the internet, nobody really does that anymore. I mean, yes. they want a little more background info, you know? So, you know, you want to make sure that you're providing it and you don't skimp, you know, don't overwhelm them with information for your site, but don't skimp on it either and make it, you know, bare bones because they, we want to educate ourselves and we do so by going to websites, you know, when it comes to companies we are thinking about doing business with. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, that's just, it's what we do. It's how we're trained. Remember, we've had the internet for, yeah, you know, what, three, four decades now. And, you know, well, that, you know, now it's ingrained. There was a yeah. time it didn't matter as much, but now it's ingrained. These, this is the way we operate. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is uh, have your website look like one of those first websites that was created three or four decades ago. And it's amazing how many websites you still see out there like that. And you, you think, you know, you're looking for information, um, trying to find the best option for whatever you're seeking. And if you land on a site that looks like it was built 15 years ago, you know, that you instantly think that that business, is this business even in business anymore? Um, yep. You know, they, they haven't updated their website in 15 years. Are they even operating at this time? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, you, you form, you formulate an opinion very quickly based on the website. And like you said, even if your best friend says, Hey, you should check out this business. They did a great job for me. Um, you go, you're going to go check them out before you just say, okay, that their word's great. I'm going to move on. Just move with them. You're going to, you're going to do your research and you're yeah. going to find either something great or something really ugly and <laughs> move on. Yeah. And make sure that that site looks good on your, you know, on mobile because, you know, we're getting a ton of traffic, you know, the amount of traffic that you will get to mobile versus a desktop will vary based on the industry you're in. Certain industries, though, if you think restaurants and if you own a restaurant, you better be looking really good on mobile because guaranteed 95 of your, you know, percent of your traffic is coming that way. So keep that in mind. How do people, you know, if you're more B2B, then desktop's going to be, you know, more the thing that you're going to be concerned with uh, because of the, you'll get more traffic that way. It may be 50-50, you know, so you want to keep in mind your mobile experience as as well. You got to kind of treat them equally, you know, but it's all a matter of the industry you're in, who you're trying to attract. Think of if you were them, how would they find you? You know, what device would they use? Because that's going to matter. This has been great, Anthony. How would people get a hold of you if they wanted to, you know, contact you about services? Yeah, so um, you know, uh, the best best way, um, visit the website, genzelmarketing.com. Um, not an easy one to spell, but G-A-E-N-Z-L-E, marketing.com. Um, you can email me directly, arg at genzelmarketing.com. Um, you have all the comp contact info on there. Just drop us a line. I'm 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 on uh, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So I'd love to connect there as well. Um, I think networking is a huge, hugely important uh, component of business success, no matter what line you're in. So, um, yeah. So so let's connect and and uh, you know, start building things together. Okay. Well, this has been another great episode of Marketing Masters. I am the host, Cash Miller, and I'm also the CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Marketing Masters, the agency power show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.